0: you know, we used to say in SAA because the guys always used to say it in America and you'd land on this, you know, you can barely see and there's snow everywhere into New York and the guy goes, good job, Springbok. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it would, you would sit there and it would make you really proud. You know?
1: Today I'm talking to Rob Schofield who is an airline pilot in South Africa. Rob, it's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, and, and tell me where are you based at the moment?
0: Uh I'm currently in uh, Big Bay Cape Town in uh Blowberg side of uh oh, Cape Town.
1: Wow. Yeah. Blowberg Strand, this is a nice place to be.
0: Uh yeah, I mean I do love it. Uh, it's I suppose it's a bit of a it's a bit of a I chose it for my lifestyle, so yeah in, in most ways, you know. Um so yeah, it's it's really nice and yeah, it's beautiful. So
1: do you fish?
0: I do all that. So anything to do with the sea, I've pretty much grown up living
1: really?
0: Yeah, since I was a kid. So uh fish, spearfish, kiteboard, surf. If if it if it's in the ocean, I do it. So well, I try to do it as much as I can. These days it's quite hard. So
1: Well, in the ocean or in the air? It seems your two, your your two passions.
0: Yeah. So well, even well, one of them is one of my passions is kind of dormant at the moment, but it, uh, I think it will change in the near future. So um, well, I'm hoping so. I'm pushing in that in that uh, regard. So
1: well, tell me, um, uh, were you sort of grounded because of uh, COVID?
0: Uh, so, um, I was on uh, what was known as the freighter fleet at um, South African Airways, uh, our local carrier. And um, in 2010, my last flight was the 10th of February uh, 2020. And um, it's actually ironic, though, that we didn't renew our leases in March for our um, three freighters that we had at uh, SAA Cargo, which was just a, the cargo side of SAA. We didn't renew those leases. And then when COVID happened, um, it was kind of like the nail in the coffin for SAA and what was going on. Um, so ironically, why I say that is the only fle- the only guys that were actually flying during the whole of COVID were only freighter guys up and down from Joburg. So if we had had those freighters, we would have been the only guys operating between Johannesburg and Cape Town and Durban and stuff. So we would have actually been working. But because we didn't renew our leases because someone didn't do the The homework there, that we lost the lease and they went off to, back to the the guys in Europe. So yeah, that was the story of that.
1: Yeah. And then um, for you then, it it was just, basically you had to sit and wait it out.
0: Yeah, so basically what happened was, you know, um, South African Airways didn't pay us. um, Mm -hmm. I I can't remember the exact number, at least twelve months while they were finalising everything. Um, so I went and started. So a bit of background is I, I used to do construction in Hawaii when I was much younger. So um, I, I, I met up with one of my friends that was doing construction at the time, and he had a business, and I and I joined up with him. And basically, we were we were running a construction company slash maintenance company during COVID um, in order to just survive, just to just mm-hmm. to make ends meet. So I did that. Um, <clears throat> and then a few things, I mean, obviously there were some positive sides to COVID for me. Um, but during that time I, uh, I, I applied for my British passport through a, a, a Sable international, which is like a, um, you know, they do passports, visas, you know, moving to other countries, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I did that, and basically I got my British passport. So from then on, once we got paid out, the very next month, I said to my partner, who was wanting to go to the the super yachts, I said, let's just slow the business down, and and basically I've just ever since then, since November last year, I've just been concentrating on doing my uh, doing my European license. So I'm doing the uh, the UK EASA and um, the European EASA because of Brexit, they've basically separated the two. Um, which makes you write double amounts of exams at double amounts of the cost. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so um, uh, I'm, I'm at the, I'm almost there. So I've got the 22 mm-hmm. out of the 26 exams. I've done two trips across to Europe to write exams. And yeah, it's almost done, four more to go in, in September. And then I'll have my British and my uh, European license and with a British passport. So hopefully then I can start. Um, finding some work in the UK.
1: That's amazing that you did that, and and this is not this is not cheap. I mean, your your whole training and and everything uh, related is very expensive. And did you have to now fund it yourself?
0: Yeah. So basically, what I did is when I, when when, when SA went under, um, I basically just took my pension and provident fund. And um, a lot of guys didn't. They just had enough cash. I didn't. Um, So I just took my pension and provident fund and paid the tax on it to the government, almost a million rand to get my pension and provident fund out and just shoved it into my my bond at my home uh, for my house. And then I've just been just chipping away at that slowly and eating into that every month for the last 10 months. So, um but yeah, it's fine. It's a means to an end. I'm, I'm upscaling myself. So I see it as a, a benefit. I'm just believing, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to go a different way. Some people have gone to fly safes and, and the airlinks, and, and you know, and they've had that opportunity, which is fantastic. But for me, I need to start looking at hoarding my horizon overseas. But so.
1: mm-hmm. now, how did you start in aviation? Was it something that you um, felt uh, passionate about since a young age?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was never. Uh, I always. Uh, I mean, it's so ironic, but you know, Top Gun was the obviously every probably eighty percent of pilots out there kind of kicked them into gear, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm sure ever more more people wanting to become pilots after watching the new Top Gun. But um, yeah, I, I did. But obviously, in uh, I'm a trick later 1998, and it was just after the change in 1994. Obviously, we. You know apartheid ended, in, you know transformation in South Africa. So when I applied for the air force and stuff, I wasn't, I wasn't the right demographic. So um, I decided I would, at the time, I was doing quite well in surfing. Um, so I went to Hawaii to try and be a, a, a pro surfer, um, and I lived there for about five years, four to five years. And in that time, I did the world tour and and try to become a professional surfer. And in that time, I realised. Um, well, you have to, you know, you have to weigh up whether or not you're going to make it. So during that time, I did all right, but I wasn't good enough to make the, the lead tour. So during that time, I decided, okay, it's time to start thinking of, about something that I really want to do, which was becoming a pilot. And I'd met a few people overseas and stuff like that. And um, the guys just said, you know, there's a school in South Africa. You know, you can go there, pay for it yourself. So basically, the last two and a half years, I worked in construction in Hawaii under the table, which is an ideal, but I had to make ends meet, and it was my dream. And my boss was really happy with me. So basically, I saved up a whole bunch of money and came back and funded my own pilot's license in Port wow. Alfred. So that's where I learned to do the construction side of it in those two and a half years. And from there, I started at as, as 43 Air School as a, as a um, you know, doing my private pilot's license and then on to doing my commercial pilot's license. From there, I went to, uh, I, I became a flight instructor at um, at 43. And then from there, I moved to West Africa, flying for a company called Salenta, flying ATL 42s in West Africa, which wasn't the greatest. I, it's a very lonely town living in those places and then I came back to um, uh, to an airline called South African Express in Cape Town um, which I had great fun at it was a great airline Um, obviously government owned again so not well managed Um, and then from there I joined um, uh, South African Airways in 2010 November flying as a P3 which was really fun and then I went on in 2012 to the freighters, which were the much older airplanes, which they didn't have the glam, you know. Um, but it, we didn't fly as much, but we flew really old airplanes in the middle of the night, really tired most of the time. But it was really. We were only about forty of us on that on that freighter, and we had a great time. We used to, you know, we used to have bunk beds and sleep in airplanes and sleep on the tarmac, and but it was really good fun. We used to cook. Food in the engines because sometimes we didn't have a cooker to cook our food. We'd just come outside mm. with and put fire, fire gloves on and, and put our food in the engines after we shut down and cook our food off with the engines. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean it was a great time, I must say. Uh,
1: that, fun. that that you call it aviation, but I...
0: Yeah, that's an aviation, and the, you know, it was always a funny thing because we, we'd see a, <laughs> a pilot walk out with fire gloves with two meals and putting it on the back of the engine mounts and. And and ten minutes later, voila! There you go. True hot. <laughs> you guys are crazy, man. Um, so it was it was it was really interesting. I really had a good time. We did a couple of tours for fly, uh, for Safir during that time, um, flying into Mogadishu, Somalia, with a seven three seven and stuff. That was also quite fun. Um, really, really challenging flying. Pretty dangerous. I don't think most airlines would let you do that. Today, so. Oh really. Yeah, it was just the procedures were, you would get fired now.
1: Um, oh, okay.
0: That. But it was all a part of just trying to get out of there. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's a pretty dangerous place. Um, so, yeah, it was good fun. But, but yeah, and, and so far it's been a great ride in my aviation career. Obviously, the little hiccup in the last two or three years has been uh, a great challenge. I think it's been a challenge for a lot of. Of a lot of pilots because it's so out of their control which is what they're so used to you know um, and they have no way of changing it in any way and, until the economy picks up so mm-hmm.
1: and and this is what I also realize um, when I speak to pilots is you know you, you're uh, it's it's uh, not just a job. it's almost like uh, if you're in aviation it's it's you're very passionate about what you're doing. you know it's almost like it's um, part of your life. and yeah. uh, for that being halted, um, you know and and sort of okay, you had the construction to fall back on, but still it must be so frustrating to think you would rather be um, flying than than going back into construction.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think there's two you know, There's two things. The passion is always a great thing for aviation. In some ways, I actually think it's sometimes not so good in, in the aviation sector because yeah. some people are flying for cheaper and cheaper rates just because they really want to go flying instead of you're a professional and everyone should stand together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's in the world right now. I think the U.S. is doing a big correction because they went that way and now the U.S. is starting to change um, where they now starting to realise well, it's a business, you know. Everyone needs to yeah. the standard rates; everyone gets paid that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it is a passion when it comes down to it. No one chooses a career in aviation because they don't want to do it. There's always something. I always said to someone when I was turning over the N2 out of Cape Town, with I could see that all the roads are blocked. I just go, "Thank goodness I'm in this airplane and I'm looking at this view," you know. Um, yeah. And I, it's so beautiful um but yeah construction I, yeah construction was very um it was a, a challenging um environment for me because obviously I was dealing with a different labor force they didn't know sometimes what they were doing there was no one you know in the aviation sector everyone's got their jobs and everyone knows what to do and you do this and I do this and everything falls into place we come together as you know so trying to what's called standard operating procedures in the in the aviation trying to teach my guys standard operating procedures with painting a wall was like can we do this Let's do this and then next day you come back totally different so like that's all I said
1: <laughs> yeah um um somebody uh it was a Joanne Jordan told me about this um how they how when a when an aircraft comes in everybody just knows what to do and it's like you know, with one move, they just, uh, everything comes together, you know, the baggage handlers and and everything works like that. And this is, uh, I can just completely understand when you're in construction, it doesn't work like that.
0: (laughs) No, it's uh, um, quite frustrating because no one reads labels, also, even though it's all there, unfortunately. So, you know, you do this first then you do this first and, you know, aviation's not like that. Everyone... Like like Jane said, you, you know, the airplane comes in. But it, it, the big thing is everyone's done it so, so many times mm-hmm. that they get very good at it. It's like a, a F one pit crew.
1: The only job yeah. is
0: to and put the fuel in. And they do that, like, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose in construction and stuff, they're not always doing the same thing. So they're not, in some parts, they're not very good.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. But, it's, yeah. But now, how do you um, see the industry in South Africa? Because uh, this is also what I heard that you know, it's, uh, it's many big airlines um, have now closed their doors and or or uh, have been grounded. And and what are the possibilities for a South African pilot? Um, yeah, that's
0: a that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know. I think South African aviation is, I think they're going to probably take the biggest knock out of the world, I would think, especially with what's going on with our economy. Um, You know, we're having load shedding up to six hours a day. I've got a couple of friends in businesses, you know, major businesses taking a knock, you know. Um, And with that, the people that used to fly, the guy that owns a pizzeria down the street, that now used to fly to Jobik to go see his family. He's not going to have the money anymore because his customers aren't coming in because people aren't making money. Um, I think a very big squeeze is coming to South Africa. And so we get, you know, those things established to, you know, what it was before, you know, the fundamentals of a country. You need water, you need fuel, and you need electricity. If those things aren't happening, your economy is shut down. Um and I've, I've been staying with friends that are coming, uh, that are moving over to the UK and different places, and they, they're just like, it, it just can't sustain itself. It's the same as SAA. It's almost like you could, you could see it slowly, just, you know, the things couldn't, it just couldn't sustain itself. Yeah, very fancy, but, you know, from the desks not getting cleaned, from, you know, certain areas now not being vacuumed, all that just started degrading really slowly. and And that's what I'm seeing now. You know, some of the airlines are, you know, jumping in because obviously there is space to grow. But I think that's also going to, you know, contract at one stage because, you know, the, the guys that are flying, those people are moving overseas. So it's very frustrating and tough, you know. Um, so aviation sector, I think, is going to take a, a very big knock mm-hmm. um, in South Africa. And I do see a lot of the pilots once... A lot of them have moved across to like the fly safes and stuff. I don't see them staying around there. I, I think they're just using that as a as a skipping stone to get onto the next, you know, maybe overseas or going going to the, you know Asia or the Middle East and stuff like that. So, which
1: yeah. is really which is really sad because um I mean I saw uh, some documentaries about the um, aviation industry in South Africa and. and- they were actually very much um, you know on the forefront of things at some at some time and it would be very sad if that happens
0: yeah I mean I think you know aviation um, aviation in, in southern Africa we've got a very high standard I mean I can remember flying into London and it's a really funny story but you know as a p3 on a on a, on a on an Airbus A340 going into London where the visibility is way below minima for most most carriers. And you've got the Deltas and the, and the Uniteds coming in and the air traffic controller and this Yank accident, uh, accident, sorry, is going, um, United, what do you need to land on this runway? And the guy's like, oh, we need like 600. And the guy's like, nope, it's 300. You're mm-hmm. gone. And then and off they go. And they got to go find another airport to land. And all of a sudden, South African Airways pops into the picture, and the guy goes, "What do you need?" And the guy goes, "Oh, we need 250." He's like, "You're good to go down the slope." <laughs> and then you know, we bounce, and there. we're the only guys landing, and everyone else is like, "Not possible." You know? We land, and then and there's a famous saying that you know we used to say in the SAA, and because the guys always used to say it in America, and you'd land on this you know, you can barely see and there's snow everywhere into New York and the guy goes, good job, Springbok. And, yeah. You know, it, it, it would you would sit there and it would make you really proud, you know, um, that yeah. we, we could abandon this and everyone else is going around and none of these guys. So, you know, I, I think we definitely were uh, and, and I think we still are. I mean, uh, like Kalula Kame, that was a really good company. I never thought that would go down. Um, but there are high standards in, in aviation in, in South Africa, and I don't think it will change much. I just think it's going to contract a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah.
1: But uh, Joanne also talked about the shortages in, in, of, of pilots that, you know, um, that they foresee. But do you think for a young um guy or, or girl coming up now wanting to become a pilot, uh, is it even worth because it's so much money to invest, um, you know, if they're in South Africa?
0: Yeah, it's a, I, I think you would have to weigh up and do an Excel spreadsheet and then do the, you, you know. I, I, if you know what you have to do to become a pilot and it's so, you know, it, you almost – I don't know how to explain it. Um, if you just lose your medical, you're done, and you've got nothing else behind you. You know, you lose an eye You know, it, it whereas if you're in IT or something, and take for instance IT during COVID, those guys all worked. Yeah.
1: You no. Know,
0: um, you know, you you don't you don't you, you go flying, and you don't see your family. Um, especially on the long haul. You, you leave your home and you leave for four days. You don't get to take your kids to school. Um, it's really fun for you, but it's not really fun for sometimes your family. Um, so it's, it's tough. You you would have to weigh up. I think the shortage is coming because people are starting to realise pilots weren't forced ever to go try and do something else. They were always in that, okay, I'm a pilot. Then when COVID happened, they are like, well, I've got to make a plan. I've got to get some sort of qualification because... When does this happen again? Yeah. So, so guys have realized, okay, I can't just rely on being a pilot. So some guys have gone and done that, and then they realize, um, no, 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 I don't think I'm going to come back. I, and I've got multiple friends. I've got a friend in Joey that started posting it, He's doing really well. He's, mm-hmm. he's opened his fourth one, and he's like, I'm never going back to becoming a pilot just mm-hmm. because I see my family and there's interaction and you know, I'm not away for days. So, you know, the financial side, but it is also you got to look at the, you know, the, the personal side and your personal life. And So I, I do think aviation is going to take a big knock because people aren't going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially aviation in South Africa, it takes you so long to become a captain. We sit here for such long periods. Um, you know, I've been first off, So for 10 years at a, at a legacy airline, but you go to Europe and you, you pass your, 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 your commercial pilot's license, you can sit in the right seat of a Airbus A320 within months. And then two or three years later when you've got enough hours at the ages of 24, 25, you're a captain of these aeroplanes. The same aeroplanes where I'm sitting for 10 years as a first officer. So mm-hmm. I think – and then you get what's called – um, you get to a certain age where if you haven't become a captain by a certain age the company start looking at you a little bit like what's wrong with you mm-hmm. like oh, is there something wrong with you? can't you become a captain um, and you're like no I've just been I've been sitting in a legacy cal- carrier for the last 15 20 years and then they went bust so I've only been on a, a co pilot so you know the, the Joanne and and all these all these people should really be captains if they were anywhere else in the world, they would be captains. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, you know it's a bit tough, especially the sector here, because you've got to pay so much money, and then <laughs> you've still made such a long time for more. And so yeah, you know, I think the guys are starting to realise, and they've got such a fright that they realise they've got to go make money because they've got to recoup the costs of two years and stuff like that. So I do see it, yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. And it must be disheartening as if, like, say, for instance, like you're mentioning now, Joanne, um, you know, if you are so also so passionate and if it's like aviation, when you're in aviation, it's basically your life because it's, you can, you cannot do anything else. You're so committed to this industry and, and to this job. Um, but then this, uh, there must be this re- uh, reward you know like okay well i'm going somewhere but if it like you say if it drags and g- drags and drags and she also explains that it's all always starting over you know starting again if you go to another airline um so yeah this this must be uh not very good for the for the self you know for the for the motivation
0: no no it's not um mm-hmm. I think motivation is key—the key word there—and I think for most pilots, it's with COVID, motivation—it's really taken the wind out of their sails, and um, it's you are, it's trying to get on back on track. You know, you've always had a plan, even flying the airplane. I'm going to go here, yeah, and I'm going to do this, and if this doesn't work, I'm going to go here. Yeah. You know, there's always like a structure to it, and and we're very structured, you know. Um, I think everybody in aviation is more of a structured scenario. So when you have no, okay, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. So now what do I do? It's almost like, wow, okay. I suppose it's almost like an entrepreneur. I think they go through a little bit more of that, where all of a sudden something just collapses and you go, oh my goodness, what do I do now? Um, so yeah, it's it, it's tough. Um, yeah,
1: but now that you're saying, I, I you 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 really I didn't think of it that way, but that's true because you you work on a flight plan, so you know exactly, and you know you know a month ahead or so, you know where you're flying to. So for you, everything is always there, so you know. Okay, so I'll be flying, and and this is the route, and this is what I'll be doing. So of course, yeah. So if if you've done that for many many years, then when something like this happens, where you think, "Okay, what now? Where's the flight plan now?"
0: Yeah, and that mm-hmm. is mean, a that is a very tough. I think that's been the biggest. Uh, uh, when, what was the word we used? To use? Well, it's adaptability, and um, what was that word? I'm trying to remember. We used to use it at SAA, There was a resilience. Oh, it okay. takes resilience to um, to go through this. And I mean, I take my hats off to the guys. There's guys that have done amazing things and have just, they've just reinvented themselves. It's amazing, you know. And, and there are people that have helped. I've had people help me. I just, you know, you cannot believe there's some people that are just so helpful. Um, colleagues, you're just like, wow, I never thought that would happen. And then there's also been, you know, there's always the two sides to the coin. You've been like, wow, I didn't think that guy would do that. You know, so, stuff like that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an eye opener and it's definitely taught me a lot. Um, and, 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 yeah, I think when you go back to the aviation, I must say, when I go back to aviation, I do think I'll be more thankful for what I had because, you know, it's been taken away from me, um, with no, you know, you couldn't even claw back into it. Even if you tried, you could do anything. I mean, it was just nothing. Um.
1: But, you know, I think also the public uh, takes it for granted because we just assume, you know, we just get on a plane. We just, it's so easy and it's, it's, you know, so cheap if you compare. Um, and, and we just also took it for granted. And I've actually spoken to many artists and, and musicians who, who flew all over Europe to do their concerts it was just for them the natural thing to do, you know, and they were also suddenly stuck and then you realize, okay, wait a minute, you know, we, we just took flying for granted.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think flying is, I, yeah, flying has become the biggest thing where you just go, wow, okay. That, that I I think freedom of people's freedoms to just move around has become just, I really appreciate that now. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it, 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 it's it's a big thing when it comes to that. I think at least, you know, artists and all these people, they could do a bit of work on the side, whereas yeah. in the aviation sector, the guys just didn't have any work. You can't just get a pilot up to, back up to speed and, oh, just fly one day here yeah, and it's okay and everything's good. There's months and months of training, you know. You can't just jump back in and go right okay it's like riding a bicycle and, and and that's what they're seeing there's a there's a big increase in accidents because mm. guys haven't flown in two years it's like getting in your car after two years and expecting to drive it at it, drive it at a Formula One pace. Yeah Formula one pace because that's what in essence you're doing you're flying in an environment that's ever changing and you've got to be up to the job. Now you haven't flown in two years you've got the guys are getting less pay, and the guys are also not really. their they, Their mind isn't on the job. They're like, "How am I going to pay my bond? And how am I going to do this? My kids has got to go to school. My other partner might not have got a job yet from COVID, or lost their job. Now we've got to pay for the, their job. Their mind isn't all there. Some of some of them, you know, some of them are fine, but some of them that's not really what you want in a cockpit. You want someone that's well paid, so that things in their life. They can make sure that those things are all right, so that they've got the job in hand and they can concentrate on landing the airplane. Yeah, um, and they must be experienced in that; they must have flown. So, yeah, it's a bit of a
1: well. You're a... touching on something very interesting now because it's true, you know, that if you if your mind isn't there, then because you are you are carrying a lot of people in this on this plane as well, and so the responsibility is very big and. And also the job, the responsibility of the job. Um, so yeah, I haven't thought of that, but that's that's absolutely right. What you're saying.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be. I think the next few years are gonna be a bit tough in aviation. I think, and, and 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 I think aviation as a whole is just gonna have to. We're gonna have to be just a little bit more, yeah, you know, a little bit stricter because there are gonna be. Um, Things popping up through the woodwork. I mean, even airplanes not flying for two years is not a good thing as well. Airplanes are breaking because they've sat on the ground. Mm -hmm.
1: But now, I you are going to have to leave South Africa now if you say you're going to the UK.
0: Um, It's not really what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, um, My idea would be to try and do a commuting contract um, in Europe or uh, somewhere in Europe on a I'm trying to get into corporate aviation um, to try and do a rotational basis where I work 17, 13, something like that, um, and then back to South Africa. That kind of just suits me a little bit better um, because at the moment, yeah, I don't, re- I'm not ready to move there yet. I still, you know, I've got a, 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 I've got a young family and stuff, and it's a bit, um, yeah, it's quite, oh. it's quite intricate I'm trying to find the word intricate to try and move them over there at this kind of stage
1: absolutely and um, and, and this is also uh, well I read this article on LinkedIn uh, just a few days ago about uh, a call to South Africans to return to South Africa but In the situation that there, that things are there at the moment. I mean, if, if you guys are thinking, well, where, where do we work? You know, if it's, this is aviation, then, uh, you know, the other, other sectors feel the same. But, but it's sad that to think that, uh, the best pilots of South Africa have to leave now to, um, to just pursue their careers.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've i spoken to a couple of friends, which they're not even in aviation. I mean, architects, engineers, and and I met one overseas when I was there writing my exams, and they're in the same boat, you know. A lot of guys, big corporates, you know, um, are letting a go over the engineers, um, architects, guys haven't worked. So I think every sector's going through that. I, obviously, aviation might be a little bit more um, affected just because of the I see with the airlines closing, that contraction um, coming, um, guys are leaving, um, Mm -hmm. more so in A.V. But I think it is happening, um, which is sad because no one wants to leave South Africa. My parents are actually from Zimbabwe originally and they did the exact same thing. When Robert Mugabe got into power, they left Zimbabwe, which was a great country, to come to Mm -hmm. South Africa. So now it's almost like it's gone full circle. My grandfather came from England, uh, you know, did something in Zimbabwe. You know, we were around. My dad was in the war there. Then came to South Africa, and now we're almost going back. Yeah. And, it, and it's really sad. I don't really want to go back. I love the country. But we're in such a situation now that you have to kind of like – you can't wait until the <laughs> the fuel on the airplane runs out. You've got to make a plan before then, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. that's where – yeah, I think that's where everyone's at at the moment, and the aviation sector is there too. You know.
1: But now, um, Rob, let's, let's uh, do it in this way. Um, uh, make your wish, and then and, and tell me what would you like for the future. So because this I, I must say that many people who made wishes on my channel, their wishes came through, uh, true. So go for it
0: uh yeah i mean my 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 ideal world would be have a corporate job commuting and
1: mm-hmm. coming
0: back to south africa because i love south africa i still want to be here so that would be my ideal ideal wish work in europe live in africa enjoy the sun and the waves
1: oh uh, yeah yeah and all your all your activities in the sea.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, I think it's one of the only things that keeps me sane is uh, <laughs> forget about everything there. No one everybody's the same. Everyone's just enjoying the ways, having a good time. It's it's uh you know, it, it's a very enjoyable site going fishing. I just sit out there by myself and I, everything goes away.
1: Okay, so we'll put we'll put your fishing um, uh, times also on the wish list so that you've got more fishing time. Yeah, <laughs> time on think, the beach. <laughs>
0: yeah, I need a charter boat and do tuna tuna charters out of Cape Town. That would be quite a good good gig for me. Also, so
1: well. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I I lived in the UK for 14 years, so I know you. I, I can tell you now, you will miss your beach very, very much. Your blue Uh
0: Yeah, I did a bit. Of, I actually did a surfing comp with uh, competition in uh, in Newquay, Cornwall. Uh, oh, Rooker really? Pro. Yeah, did a competition there, and wow. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the English coastline And Actually, Mm -hmm. they're popping up so many wave pools in and around Europe that now you don't even need to go to the beach; just go to a wave pool. And and, uh, there's one in Bristol now and stuff. So all these man-made waves are popping up everywhere. They're going to put about seven in the UK now, so that's going to be quite fun. Um, So yeah, that'll. I'm going to say you'll
1: you'll have the best of both worlds then.
0: Yeah, I I think on my days off, I can always just pop in. Do a bit of exercise,
1: you know. Well, you mentioning you had a you have a, a young family. Uh, do do you have a, um, a son or daughter who, who is also interested in aviation?
0: Uh, no, my my kids are still too young. They love okay. Top Gun, but they're four and nine. Oh,
1: okay. Um,
0: yeah, so everything's Maverick and Top Gun and Tom Cruise and stuff. Obviously, I got them kind of set up before this, because, you know, Top Gun didn't get released for two years, so every once in a while I'd put on Top Gun the trailer, and I would look like, look at this, we had to watch Top Gun 1, and so yeah, it was quite fun to watch, and now all of a sudden, um I took my oldest to go watch it, Um she wasn't supposed to go watch it, but I took to her to the, to the movies, because she's a little bit underage, I think it's 12 or whatever, I just said you're 12 today. Today you are twelve. Okay, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I'm going, And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she loved it. Yeah, so. Oh,
1: really? And, mm-hmm. yeah, but really. Uh,
0: but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that bug has bitten you. No.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm,
0: I'm. I'm trying to get it there, but. Uh, I tell her, look, yeah, look at this, this is the first female fighter pilot for the Blue Angels, which just came out the other day. and this is the first this okay, yeah, see girls can fly okay no. but they don't really make it to pay too much attention yet.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I think um but 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 maybe she will, you know maybe if if she sees your love for it, then you never know, but even if she just loves flying with you, then it's also. Uh, yeah, a nice,
0: nice thing. Yes, I haven't taken. I actually haven't taken my partner all my kids flying yet. So it would be. Really.
1: I've,
0: uh, I've actually never taken anyone in my family flying yet. Just never had the opportunity. I feel afraid So come with
1: me. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so, yeah it's, it's one of the things I'd like to do. Probably on the back list. Take my take my kids. I'm sure they'd love it. Probably have to do it sooner rather than later on on the back list. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, Rob, I will always remember your aviation, Bri. I think this is amazing. I would actually love to have experienced that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was always, uh, yeah, the guys always had, always had, they always laughed at us when we told them the stories. You know, it's always, that and the horses, we had great fun. I can tell you a couple of stories about uh, mm-hmm. taking race horses from um, Cape Town to Mauritius. Mm-hmm. That was, and we had a, a situation actually I'll tell you the story quickly of uh they didn't tranquil well they hadn't they hadn't let the tranquilizer um you know go through the horse it was still they just they administered it and they were all racehorses we actually used to take them to Mauritius for quarantine because they got African horse sickness um so we'd fly them there and then they'd quarantine before they went off to Dubai to go do races and all over the world anyway um the one day, this horse jumps the cart and off it goes. Now we've got no gates, we're just straight towards the runway. And this horse bolts about 50 meters and stops right on the other side of the security line, where it goes from, you know, SAA to Cape Town International. And there's a guard there. And um, it was so funny. And the, the one of the trainers runs across to, the, to go grab the horse. And the guy stopped the Guys, the security guard stops him and goes, "Sorry, you're not allowed to cross this line." And he goes, "But the horse is going to run across the road." And he goes, "No, you must go around and go through security." <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, the first airplane that took off this this horse did its three thousand meters and bolted across the whole airport.
1: Oh, so, I
0: would like, closed the airport. British Airways went around after flying ten hours from London. And uh and then eventually I did oh, it three thousand got to the side of the fence and just stood there and, and we went and grabbed it because only they only they only good for those three thousand meters and then they really tired and uh put it back in the box and off we went to Mauritius.
1: So the whole so the whole airport had to come to a standstill.
0: Yeah, because there was this horse running around on the airport <laughs> field across the runway and all this kind of stuff. It was it was, it was yeah, a lot of people go into trouble for that, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that I, I shouldn't say that, but that security guard really. Yeah, you know, those things
0: we like. There's a horse, <laughs> right here. It stopped. We could have. <laughs> grabbed, and this wouldn't happen, but no, you don't have a security badge. Must go around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh goodness well Rob I wish you all the best for your um, uh, for your all your new adventures and that you can have the ideal job and the ideal career so that you can have be halfway in UK and halfway in South Africa
0: thank you very much I yeah. really appreciate it. thank you when
1: me. I when I come to Blauberg someday I will come and look you up See if you're yeah. you fishing.
0: <laughs> uh, we, we'll have to go down to Onsahasi and have a muscle pot and you can have a and, and, Oh, and have
1: that a, would be amazing. That would be amazing. Okay.
0: Thanks very well, much. I'll
1: put that one on my bucket list then.
0: That, most definitely. You won't be disappointed.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, Rob. Have a lovely day and thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you very much, Richard. Thanks for being here
1: for having me. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye.